Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang with you. It is time now for the bigger picture, Ryan. And today, investors are heading into uh, the final couple of days uh, of uh, the year. Not exactly with a peace of mind. Fresh new concerns, especially with regard to COVID-19 and China. Yeah, so no sign really of that Santa Claus rally yet because of all these concerns around the China reopening narrative. And the latest involves the US requiring airline passengers come from China to show a negative Mm. COVID-19 test. And it's not just the US. We have Italy, Japan, the Philippines, all on that bandwagon of being more cautious because with the reopening story also comes the headaches of potentially COVID-19 cases picking up as more people interact and go out and about. Also, the potential for inflation to pick up as demand for commodities and energy also increases. Let's unpack it with Vasu Menon. He is the Executive Director for Investment Strategy at OCBC Bank. Morning, Vasu. How are you doing? Good morning, Ryan. I'm very well. Thank you very much. Great to have you on and let's talk about what's playing out steering markets this week. It's all about China, the China reopening story. What's your takeaway so far in terms of how markets have reacted? Well, you know, it's understandable the way the markets are reacting right now. The markets are nervous and you're seeing a pullback in the markets because, you know, this is something unexpected. You've got a surge of COVID cases in China, China opening up its borders, Chinese travelers, you know, making its way to international markets and the fear that, you know, uh, the COVID cases could also pick up elsewhere in the world because of, you know, uh, Chinese travelers making their way to overseas markets. So, I mean, it's understandable, but, you know, don't forget the fact that a large part of the world has been vaccinated. Mm. So we are more prepared for any kind of increase in COVID cases. And of course, on the flip side, you know, as China reopens and China is going to go through this period, three, six months, you're going to see this period of, you know, a surge in COVID cases. We've seen this before, Ryan, in the US, in Europe play out and eventually the cases settle down China settles down and then we go back to business as usual and you know demand picks up factories get back into production in China and uh, then it's better news but hopefully in the second half of next year but I think the next few months is going to be a difficult period as we grapple with the search of COVID cases in China and what that means for the rest of the world and for the Chinese economy that's so it's a short-term concern but the longer-term picture is still one that's quite sanguine yeah Vasu how much should we be worrying about the impact on inflation because with a reopening economy it means the demand for things go up indeed Ryan that's a valid concern China has a bit of a wild card for global inflation in 2023 it's a mixed blessing for inflation on the one hand you know China is the biggest factory in the world it's the world's factory produces almost 15% of you know world goods in terms of exports and when production picks up in China you know supply improves prices could hopefully come down that's the positive side of you know the reopening of China the other side is of course you know Chinese demand picks up commodity prices as you mentioned earlier picks up you know airlines are full hotels are full services demand increases so that fuels inflation as well Mm. so it's something to worry about it's something to worry about I don't think we should be complacent and assume that you know this will not be an issue as China reopens you could see global inflation holding up or maybe even going up that's a risk that the markets have not fully digested just yet Mm. and as we've seen in the past few weeks China has been making more steps to reopen its economy and lift those measures has that made your resolve towards Chinese investments stronger in the past few days and weeks it has I mean in fact that has been one of our central cases we felt that you know China would you know ease COVID measures but we didn't expect it to happen so quickly 
But the fact that it's happened fairly quickly has also resulted in a surge of cases in China. So short-term pain, as I said, and you know, longer-term gains. It has not changed our view. We continue to be positive on Chinese equities. But we also highlight the fact that, you know, uh, we don't want to over-invest in Chinese equities. And it's not meant for the faint-hearted. It's a very volatile asset class. You've got to take a view of at least, you know, two to three years. The next few months is going to be a very difficult period for China as it grapples with the COVID cases. But you look beyond that into 2024, things are going to look a lot better once China gets back on its feet. Yeah, looking into 2023, right? Let's take a look at how markets have been playing out so far this year. We've got bond markets as well as stock markets not doing so great. In fact, we are on track to see the US stock market seeing its worst year since 2008. So with that in the rearview mirror going into 2023, are we now looking at the 60-40 portfolio being back in fashion again? And how should investors be allocating their uh, capital right now? Well, you know, I feel that, you know, the classic 60-40 portfolio, in other words, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, has actually served investors quite well over, you know, a longer period of time, over the last couple of years, last few years, you know. 2022 has not been a fantastic year. Both bonds and equities are down. But, you know, I think the whole idea behind 60-40 is basically portfolio diversification, which is, I think, is necessary, you know, to mitigate risk and also to capture returns from multiple asset classes like equities and bonds. So, you know, I think essentially the 60-40 rule clearly should stand. Mm. It's something the investor should practice. I mean, the underlying message is that stay diversified. You know, it can be 60-40, it can be 70-30, it can be 30-70, depending on your risk appetite. It does not necessarily only have to be stocks and bonds. It can also be, you know, 50-30 and then maybe the remaining 30% can be something else, alternative asset classes. But the message, underlying message, right, is that stay diversified because risk is going to be a fixture in 2023 and you don't want to let your guard down Mm. completely. You don't want to be complacent and diversification is a way to protect your downside risk. Yeah, on that token, let's talk about what were some of the biggest lessons you took away from this year that investors can learn from. Well, you know, in my view, I think what we learned in 2022 was never to underestimate risk. Never to assume that central banks are infallible, that they won't get it wrong. In fact, the central banks got it wrong as far as inflation is concerned. As a result, you know, monetary policy had to be very aggressive. Interest rates went up significantly. I think central banks didn't see that happening. Investors did not see that happening. We let our guard down after a strong 2020 and 2021. The expectation to the market was that, you know, the markets would just continue to hit higher. Investments don't go up every year, right? They'll be pulled back from time to time. It's unrealistic to expect markets to just go up in a straight line fashion. And I think similarly for 2023, you're going to see volatility continue. I mean, the lesson you take is that, yeah, we just talked about China, we talked about inflation. Those sectors are still there. So I think, you know, it's important for investors to manage risk. Investment is not, not just about returns. It's also about risk. And very often we just focus on the returns without paying enough attention to risk. And risk mitigation is as important as, you know, focusing on returns. Yeah, that goes into what you talked about earlier, diversification of your portfolio. Vasu Menon, he is the Executive Director for Investment Strategy for OCBC Bank. Vasu, thanks as always and have a happy new year ahead. Thank you, Ryan, and happy new year to you and uh, all viewers on your channel. Thank you very much. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.